What do I define about growing up? You know what I'm saying? Like, feeling better, living better, better location. What he failed to tell you was, when you're on my time, I can reclaim it. I, he left that out, so I'm reclaiming my time. Please, you know, respond. Are you kidding me? Who are you rooting for tonight? I'm rooting for, um, everybody black. Betting on black tonight. I'm sorry for the realness. Hey, everybody. It's Whitney from WhitneyDanielle.com and NetworkAndSpill.com. And I'm really excited because it's February and I've got an episode for you that's going to be amazing. It's actually not a segment. I'm just making this up, right? I just make it up as I go. This is going to be a, a really fun and different episode that I've done in the past. I've actually never done this. It's going to be a Galentine's episode. And I wanted to do a Galen's Day episode because it's Valentine's Day tomorrow and why not? And I have somebody who I met in November of 2019, who is pretty much the best person to talk to about this kind of stuff. And I think we're going to have a really great conversation. We're going to vibe. We're going to go back and forth. We're going to get her feedback. She's really, really, really cool because she's a filmmaker and she's local, right, to the DC area. She's from Baltimore. Um, and I think this is going to be a great conversation. And keep in mind, this conversation can continue offline online in different places, social media. So if you have something that you want to throw in, if you have a comment, if you have feedback, if you want to say something, if you disagree, hit us up on social media, especially Instagram. That's where we're going to be. You can also go to networkandspill.com and like find the post and just say some shit in the comments. There's plenty of places for you to go and interact with us because that's what this is. It's not just my guests and I, it's also you all who are tuning in and listening. So without further ado, today I have Miss Ashley Gordon. And Ashley Gordon, like I said, is a filmmaker. She's local to Maryland. She does a lot of different cool stuff. We'll talk about it more. But she has a show, a web series called Black Girl Single TV. And it's on YouTube. She's got her website. And what's really cool about what she does is she's been focusing, right, this whole story about a black girl working. She's a black woman professional, actually. But she's in DC. She's doing her thing. She's in her 30s and she's living her best life. However, she is single as ever. And she's just trying to navigate her space. And you can check out the video on her website and on YouTube. I recommend checking it out. I checked it out before and I loved it. Um, but it's just super relatable. So I wanted to bring Ashley on to talk about dating in DC, what it's like, what it's not like, what she's dealing with, where we met, and just like a lot of different topics because it's valentine's day and a lot of us feel pressure as single people to like do shit but also we're single so it's weird and there's just a lot of pressure especially on valentine's day so i'd like to bring on ashley and and let us know what you think about this episode hey ashley how are you hi whitney how are you i'm so good i'm so good (laughs) thank you that was such a perfect and beautiful introduction i really appreciate it Thank you. I'm I'm getting better at intros. It's fun because I could go on and on and on about, you know, people, you, you all are, so, I always pick such good people and their backgrounds are always so extensive because they're doing a lot of different things. They've been a lot of places and I could talk about y'all for a while, but I, I did good. It was only two minutes. You did good. You made me look good. I appreciate it. You never know what might happen out of that. You're right. <laughs> Get some more work right. out of it. <laughs> So we met in November and it was a conference and we were just talking about this, this conference, it was called Behold Her. And it was like the DC's first, um, it was called DC's first 
like women's empowerment or self-worth yeah. conference. Yeah. And it was a self-worth conference. So it was really interesting. It had different tracks and you were a speaker there. So can I you was. tell us about what you spoke on and what your topic was? Yeah. So it was a two day conference of just women coming together. And really, I mean, there were so many different topics. There was stuff on health and fitness, on uh, mental health. Um, mine was a little bit weird. And I have to tell you, Going into it, I, I wasn't as familiar as Behold Her as a lot of the other participants and speakers that weekend. And I kind of felt like I'm going into this really progressive space of all these different types of women. And I'm coming in with my little web series talking about Black women's issues and dating. And it felt really weird to walk in where we're talking about women's empowerment and I'm talking about oh, what what was me as a single woman? It felt really inconsistent with the messaging of the weekend. But it actually turned out to be a really great experience. My, um, I guess, workshop was called um, Our Sex, Disney, and F-Boys Ruining Our Love Lives. And it really was about getting women to come together and like, let's really flesh out like what's going on in the dating scene. Um, in 2019, 2020, why is it that it has become so difficult to make genuine connections with the men that we're meeting? And so we really just spent that hour and a half kind of dissecting what the challenges are in for our generation, whether it's, Hey, Fuckboy culture is a real thing. Is it fuckboy culture? Is it that we just have a system of patriarchy that's made it really difficult for women to feel empowered in their dating situations? Um, and then also, like, what are we doing to ourselves that's making us also just make really bad decisions that often aren't good for us um, as we go out into the world and date. And so we had a really great conversation. We did, what, two sessions. Um, and we just got like some really good conversation from all of the participants. I, I really appreciated that the women took control of the conversation instead of me with all of my talking points and notes. And so it really felt like it was a dialogue rather than a lecture. And you were um, one of the participants and you were great. Yeah, I had to go. When I saw fuckboys, I was like, I'm there. I'm there. I don't care what we're talking about. I am there. I speak fluent, fuckboy. I know exactly what this is. And I, I just. I have to tell you. So, one of the challenges for me, not only was it coming into this progressive space and like feeling like I'm giving space and energy to talking about men, because I think I said it when I did the keynote, like, I'm tired of always talking about men. There's an episode of Sex in the City where Miranda gets frustrated with the other girls because they want to talk about men and penis and all this stuff over brunch. And she's like, man, do we have anything else to talk about? We're all professional, educated women of you know New York City, and this is all we talk about is boys. And I definitely didn't want to go into the conference spending time or giving all of our time to men. But I think that like, it's a really, a very real conversation. And when, when we talk about gender dynamics and de definitely sex politics. And so I felt like this was a good weekend to really kind of dig into that, where we're talking about all this other lofty stuff. Let's dig into like the everyday BS that women deal with. And that F boy thing was challenging for me because, you know, part of the black girl single message or really not part, the Black Girl Single message is also a message that's steeped in faith. I am a Christian. I tell people I'm a new school kind of Christian. I'm not old school with long skirts and no cleavage and not going to have a drink and not going to have a good time. And so I've struggled with the idea that, no, fuckboy culture is a real thing. And how do I have that conversation? And how do I talk about the issues um, that women deal with and dealing with these men while also kind of 
pushing this Christian message of like, hey, there may be a better way to date. And maybe God does have a blueprint for dating and love and marriage that we have ignored. And so I think that I'm very much like the kind of new school Christian who has one foot um, heavily steeped in the church and heavily steeped in faith. And then that other foot that's still out in the world. And that I hope um, is, I I hope that I am a person who people can relate to um, because I'm still kind of wavering that line, like so many other people of being a believer and being still of the world too. Yeah. And the Sex in the City episode was, I mean, I remember that episode. Miranda was pissed and you, you could relate to that. I think a lot of us who have friends and we talk about guys, you get sucked in. And I found myself doing that Mm -hmm. in the past as well. And you want to try to mitigate that and also make sure you're holding space for other people. And, you know, it's really, it's just so easy to do. And I think in that episode, um, something happens with one of them and Miranda ends up realizing that, you know, it's, this is just reality sometimes is that we end up letting these men dominate the conversation because we just circle and circle and circle and we doubt and we worry and we wonder and we go back and forth and, you know, guys don't really do that. No, they do not do that. And this is, this is a conversation that I am having with so many friends. And I also am trying to kind of plant the seed with my five-year-old niece because she, even at five years old, will say little things about boys in class like, oh, he's going to need a woman someday. I'll be his woman. Or, oh, well, someday when I get married. And I'm like, oh my gosh, she's saying that at five years old, but my two-year-old nephew, I can guarantee you, he will never have those conversations. And so we have to do a better job of like, how we talk to women and how we nurture women and condition women to think differently about like our relationships with men. Men don't give this level of attention to us. And so we have to, in some ways, stop giving them that level of attention too. Yeah, but then they get mad. See, Oh, and they that's... get big mad. They get big <laughs> mad when you show them that you have other priorities. Yep. And the minute you have other shit going on, it's like, but what about me? At first it was, oh, well, you were doing too much. You were doing too much. And then it's, Mm -hmm. oh, well, what about, what about? And I'm like, it's just one of the, one of the major issues. And really it's just super back ass words because it ends up being, you know, we could ask the same thing, but when we ask the same thing, why aren't you putting enough energy or putting more energy or showing up more? uh, We get that feedback and that pushback um, and it's negative. So I feel you. And there's... When I found Sex in the City, it was in 2004. That's when I really started getting into it. I was a oh, freshman at Howard. went off, yeah. Yeah, of course. Well, I was young. I mean, I was yeah. 18, I guess. And I, I was my freshman year at Howard. I had this little dinky-ass TV. I don't even know whose TV it was. And I remember tuning in, like, live, because they still had live episodes. And it was for... I think it was still live episodes, because I remember people looking forward to the next episode. Yep. And then... Um, it ended and then later the movie came out and whatever, but I ended up binging a lot of, this is before binge watching culture, but I I, I went home and we had HBO. I went from home for the holidays. I think it was like Christmas, Thanksgiving. And I watched it from the jump and it's crazy because now, right. That was in 2004. Mm -hmm. Now, what is it? 2020. I went back to the series last year in 2019 and it's, wild because again I was 18 then I'm now in my 30s and watching the show it was so crazy seeing how a lot of the same issues you know so that like were that. happening then we're still dealing with and oh, it's like totally. not much has changed and no. dating is hard and I think one of my 
my best pieces from this, just looking at it and just really sitting and thinking about it is, you know, like you said about your niece thinking that, you know, it's about marriage and, you know, being with someone and having someone and all of that. I think it's way less about that and more about building solid relationships with people around you, whether you're romantically involved or not. Because one of the major themes in Sex and the City is that they agree to be their own soulmates. Yeah. They're like, we're, we're our own soulmates. That's why this, I think, is a great conversation for Galentine's Day yeah. because it really is more about building genuine, authentic relationships, which is what I try to help my listeners do all the time with the whole network and spill bit. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like, if we were to focus more on ourselves and the women and the people that we care about around us, it makes us better people for, for sure. the right person that we're supposed to meet. Whether we meet that person at, you know, 17, 27, 37, 47, 47 it doesn't matter. Um, that kind of interpersonal relationship building, I think, should be the focus. And even though I agree. sex in the city is definitely about having a lot of sex and it's great. Um, and a lot of fashion, right. And about New York city. And there's a lot of different themes in that, in the show. But for me, that's one of my biggest, I would say my, one of my biggest takeaways for sure. I, the funny thing with sex in the city, cause I, you know, you look back at it now more than 20 years since it premiered and a lot of it is totally like still consistent with exactly what our dating lives are, are today. And then some pieces of sex in the city I look at and I'm like, man, it's really dated too. And it shows you just how much has changed. Like I watch sex in the city and I'm like, man, nobody's really using cell phones. They don't do any online dating. They weren't even really doing speed dating on that show. Um, the, the dating game, while similar has changed so much. And I think that one of the challenges for us in our generation is that we've taken the communication and like kind of the natural organic, like that, that the meat cute, like the, the, the like organic, I met him at a party, someone introduced us, we got to know each other. There was clever conversation and we decided to go out. That was the sex in the city life. And today in 2020, no one does that. Like I've been dating in DC for the past, I don't know, 10, 15 years and guys don't come up to you anymore. Like, and I've talked to young, younger people in their twenties and they've told me guys don't come up to them. Guys don't ask them on dates. I actually had a young person tell me in the past year, she said, I'm not sure if I've ever been out on a date before. And she was in her mid twenties. And I thought to myself, wow, this is a different dating game. And I think a lot of it has to do with how we date. We date online and the online dating makes everything very gamified. And so all that swiping makes things, well, super shallow and super lazy rather than like going out and having to meet people. And so I think that we struggle now to build real relationships I think both with men and with women, because everything's sitting around texting and swiping rather than actually getting out into the world and like forcing yourself to build conversations with people. Yeah, no, I agree. Cause, but, it, but then too, you know, you watch the show and you see people, you see the women going to events, right? They're going to housewarming parties they're going to engagement mm -hmm. parties they're going mm -hmm. to happy hours. They're attending events. They actually left their house and did things. Yeah. So a lot of us aren't leaving our house to do things in the first place. And then we get butthurt when we don't meet people. But then in the other regard, you know, they're putting in the legwork. And I feel like a lot of us out here have been putting in the legwork online. Mm -hmm. I know most people who are listening, if they've online oh, yeah. dated, they've done multiple websites and sometimes multiple websites or apps at the same damn time. Oh, like yeah. you'll have Tinder over here, Bumble over there, uh, maybe Match over there. Maybe, maybe, I don't know about anything about Hinge, but maybe Hinge over there. Oh, I just, and got, off, I just got off of Hinge this morning. 
What? Just listen, I've been on every dating site. And well, I've never been on Black People Meet because I've heard that that is trash. What? I've been on Black People Meet? I Oh, I've heard horrible things about Black People Meet. What? But maybe we need to talk offline. I shouldn't, I shouldn't say that. That's horrible. I'm sure that it's a lovely site and I'm sure that they're trying to build Black love. But yeah, I have found that most of these dating sites are all the same. I've been on Christian Mingle a million times, and it's a whole bunch of guys who clearly are not in the U.S. looking for their citizenship. I've been on Yikes. eHarmony a million times. The algorithm is set up for Black women to fail. I've, I've been on eHarmony a few times where I was on for six months, and I did not get one message, wow. not one person. Uh, and, you know, there's conversation, and, and there's actual just statistics and research that prove Black women um, are the least likely to get messaged or to get messaged back online dating. I think it was mm-hmm. Black women and Asian men. And this was, yep. I mean, it was almost 10 years ago. I remember OkCupid and, oh, I can't remember. I think it, maybe BuzzFeed had actually done research on it. And yeah, we get no love. So it's not, not even surprising that I didn't get love on eHarmony. Um, so yeah, I've been on all of it. I tried Tinder for like a hot second. Um, I've been on OkCupid. And in some of these situations, I've met people. I've met people who I dated for, you know, uh, six months, nine months, et cetera. But what I find with online is, and what I found, well, I'll say this. I have found that online makes it very easy for people to not be honest about who they are. Um, Because unlike the old school, I met you at a party. I met you at, I don't know, out and about. I met you at church. In those situations, there are people who can vouch for them, right? Like, oh, I met you at a housewarming party or at a wedding. Well, then somebody there knows that person and can vouch for them and say, oh, yeah, Kevin, he's a great guy. Or, oh, no, don't date Kevin. Online, you're out there on your own and you have no idea whether or not Kevin's a great guy or not. You don't even know if his real name is Kevin. And I try to do my research. I always try to do my due diligence. But sometimes they fall between the cracks and you find out that this dude who told you he had no kids now has 10 kids and doesn't have a job. And it's a whole thing. And actually, that's why I got off a hinge this morning. I was on for three days and everyone I met over the course of the three days or conversed with over the three days had a lot of issues that I wouldn't want to deal with. So yeah, online dating, I feel like is a black hole of sadness and depression. Oh boy. Yeah. I, um, I, I feel you. I really do. I've been, I've been single for a, a brick and I've dated a lot all over the country. I lived in San Diego. I dated a lot there. I lived in Boston. I dated there. I lived in Dallas. I dated How there. Boston dating as a black woman. <laughs> Well, um, Boston was great. I mean, I, I joined a lot of the black people meetup groups and that was really helpful. There's a, a big NAACP chapter out there and, um, they're always doing really cool things. I just found the right groups. Yeah. Um, but I was kind of on the go. I wasn't really looking to, to be in a relationship per se then. Cause yeah. I was technically working in Boston, but living in San Diego. So I was like, let me not, let me, let me not ruin my life right now. So, um, but for me, I feel like with dating, it's really, a lot of it ends up being what you make it, right? If you look at Charlotte, and we're going to just make a lot of references because most people have seen these. And if you haven't, you need to get on it and just spend like an entire weekend. You're going to probably need a couple weekends just like watching every Sex and City episode. It's totally worth your time. Um, if you were to look at Charlotte, Charlotte was that one who had that famous quote of, I've been dating since I was 15. Where is he already? Yeah. Right? I'm tired. Where is he already? She like has this moment of just like exasperation. And she's like, I'm fucking done. Like, where is he? I'm tired. And I've had that moment a couple of times. 
but her outlook was very much like she was really aggressive about it. She was very aggressive about it. And Samantha was like the opposite. She was like, no, I don't want to be in a relationship. What are you talking about? No, I'm trying to like smash and go. Like as soon as I'm done, you leave and then I'm going to press on. And then, you know, Carrie was kind of whatever, but Miranda didn't really seem to have many expectations. And I think she, out of all of them was probably burned the least because she didn't run through dudes as often. And Charlotte did. I mean, it was like Charlotte every weekend, she had another dude, another dude. She was going out with some guy who she met through so-and-so and and then some guy that she met somewhere else. And then some guy that she met crossing the street. And it was like, boom. And she was always disappointed. Whereas Miranda didn't really have expectations. She just kind of went with the flow and she had less drama. And they were still dating in the same city, right? Within not that far of a distance from each other. And I just thought that was interesting because I've met people who have had really bad experiences online and some people who have had great ones and have gone to meet like like their dream person. And it's just wild to me how, and so it makes me wonder, like, did people who were dating before social media and like textuationships and all that existed, was it the same? Like, cause some people... I think really enjoy dating and the whole process of it, like meeting someone and getting to know them and going out and doing I things think together. When you're like 25, sure, but when you're 35, dating takes on it's it takes on a whole different meaning when you are older and perhaps you have the biological clock and mm. you've been like I've been dating for 15, 20 years. I think because I, I do agree with you. I think that there are some people who totally. Like, yeah, dating is really fun and effortless and whatever, but it depends on what you're looking for. Because if you're looking for the spouse, the partner in life and the kids, it suddenly stops being fun when you're like, no, I'm in my mid and late thirties. I don't have time for the BS anymore. And I'd rather sit on my sofa and watch Netflix than get dressed for another bad first date. Mm. Yeah. That's what I mean. Yeah, it's yo-yo dieting and yo-yo dating are real oh, things. Oh, real. And it, it, it's the same shit, right? You you go on this diet. You think you're going to get results. You think it's going to be it. You're going to get to your dream weight. You're going to wear the sexy dress and the skimpy bikini. And then what happens? Something yeah. comes up and you hurt your leg. And then all these things happen. And you get off. And then you're like, wow, I can't believe that didn't work out. And then you do it again. And you could do it again. And the same thing, I think, happens a lot of time with dating. It can be very discouraging. Oh, yeah. And but you I have think to for do me, it. You have to get you, back up on the horse because otherwise yeah. he's not going to knock on your door and deliver you a pizza. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah it's true. And I, I definitely find that, you know, at some point I've actually done a lot of contemplation on this and I'm like, you know what? There's so many people in this world. It, maybe not all of us are meant to meet someone in this go round. Yeah. I don't know if people believe in reincarnation or what people believe in per se, but like if you kind of come back as like somebody different, you get to choose who you come back as and you have this pact with like God or whomever you believe that you're going to come back and you're going to, you know, handle this mission. You're going to do this. Um, I don't know. I feel like, you know, maybe that's not everybody's jam. And when I thought about that, I was like, well, okay, then what should I focus on? If I'm not going to focus like Charlotte so heavily on getting married and doing all of those things, then I'm going to make sure I do something that I feel comfortable with as far as like a legacy for myself. And once I did that and I took the pressure off myself because, you know, yeah, my biological clock is ticking, but you know, I could get abducted by aliens. Like you don't know what's going to happen and you're not guaranteed shit. So even though your, your ovaries and your uterus may work just fine and you're fertile, you could get with somebody and it just not 
work out that way. Or, you know, you manage your dreams already has a bunch of kids and you're like, you know what, whatever. Like, I just feel like a lot of times we try to have certain things. And at the end of the day, we end up getting something different. And it happens a lot in relationships. You'll see people and they're like, oh, this is so-and-so. He's my boyfriend or he's my husband. But, you know, when we were dating, I did not think like this is who I would end up with or this is what my life would look like. That People say that shit all the time. So I try not to get so um, like married to an idea or to a notion that my life has to go down this way because there may be something else for me. And that has really comforted me when I felt discouraged or when I felt like I was running out of time or when I felt lonely or when I felt like I was running out of options or that there weren't any good guys out there. I'm like, you know, at this point we're in our thirties, everybody who got married right out of college or right out of high school, they've already divorced at this point. So we're all kind of single <laughs> to a degree. We just don't have the children that we have to deal with, right? With the joint custody bullshit. Well, that's so, the real thing. That's the challenge now, I find. It's like, at yeah. this age, it's the guy who is in his, I don't know, mid to late, well, let's say late 30s, early 40s, and he's never been engaged, never been married. Well, now I'm questioning you and like whether or not you really want to make that commitment. Um, Cause especially in the DMV, there's enough women out here that like, if you had wanted that, you could have had that. Um, so the guy who's been married may actually be the better choice, but then he's probably coming with kids. And then you deal with, Oh, child support. And Oh, maybe alimony. And I just dealt with this. And I will say that, when you, because you're making a really good point about like you can't be married to the idea of something, um, because you should never say um, I'll never do X because until you're in a situation, you'll know what you're gonna do. And I think that for years I've definitely been very like I don't want to date a guy with kids. I've never really thought about a divorced person, but that's not exactly what I would want to do. And then you meet somebody and you give them a try. And so I think you do have to be open to the possibilities. I know somebody who married someone with four kids. Uh, He was divorced, like he had been married for like 20 plus years, had four kids. And then in the end, like she got a guy who, yeah, he had some baggage, but he ended up being an amazing husband. So it can work. Um, I just think that it's challenging and it's not always something that everybody wants to step into. I know, yeah, for me, that that kid thing um, and child support and financial obligations thing is, has been a big challenge as I've met guys over the past few years. Yeah, it's I have a two-seater, so me too. unfortunately, my I lifestyle. I have a two-seater. I'm, I got my passport ready. Um, my credit is good. So, oh, you want to go to Paris for a four-day trip? We can do that. You want to go? You want to go to Argentina? Let's just do that. And I think that the challenge is there are a lot of uh, Black women in this area who have the means to be able to do those kinds of things. And when you're meeting men who, listen, children are a financial obligation. And like, while they're a blessing and like kids are great, like that guy who has those responsibilities typically or often can't do that, that, mm-hmm. that creates some challenges for folks. And I think that I have not figured out kind of how to make that work with my life. Um, But I think that also for the right human being, for somebody who is a worthy man, um, who is a loyal man, who is my friend, of course I would work with them. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You got to make, you got to make, it's not going to be perfect the way you want it. You're going to have to make some sort of adjustments or um, concessions for people. You can't just, you know, it it is what it is. I think at at that point, once you've met somebody who does sort of, 
meet a lot of the expectations or your non-negotiables, then you, you can start negotiating some of the other stuff yeah. and, um, and you'll be fine. And yeah. as long as you're happy and he treats you well, or she treats you well, like you, you, you can work with some things and you can work with what you feel like you want to do. And it's funny because when you're in love with somebody, you will let certain shit slide that like yeah. you may not have. And that could be to your detriment, true, but in some true. regard, right. In some regard, it can actually be positive because a lot of times it's not that big of a deal. One of the things I told myself when I was thinking about dating guys with kids was, well, you know, at this point, my mom had had like two or three kids. Actually, I think she was, I think she had already had all of us at this point now, um, four kids and you know, I'm behind, I'm behind schedule. And I was born when she was like 20. So, um, you know, my youngest sister is 12 years younger than me. So we have a, there's a bunch of us and she started early and I'm like, well, I'm starting mad late. So, if I marry someone or if I date someone that has a kid, then that just means that I'm kind of catching up a little bit because now I have somebody in my life who I can help raise or help be a, a model or a mentor to. And I don't have to worry about having had that kid already because if I had had one and then they already had one, they were going to have even more people and we're yeah. going to have less room and we're going to have less money. So just, you know, counter blessings in a sense, but also don't get caught up in oh, well, I need to have had this by then because I think that trips up too many people. Oh, yeah. I think that like comparison, like comparing your life to what the world has told you your life should be by by this point or what you see on Facebook and what you see on Instagram, everybody's heavily curated lives on Instagram is very dangerous. And it's, it's a detriment to your soul because you cannot keep up with other people, particularly people's lives that are curated with only the good things on social media. I struggled a few years ago with seeing everybody getting married, everybody getting engaged, everybody having babies. And I felt super overwhelmed because it was during the time period that I had just started writing Black Girl Single. Um, I had just gone through this year of really messed up breakups. The guy dishing me on my birthday. And then, then months later, a guy dishing me on Valentine's Day. And pretty much like six months after that, I was already depressed about kind of all of that crap. But then I saw, it was like one day I went on a Facebook and I saw a friend's um, picture. She got married that weekend Another friend had announced her pregnancy and then another friend or acquaintance had actually um, gotten engaged to somebody who I had met on like social media or, or I'm sorry, on the dating apps. And I thought to myself, my goodness, like everybody is getting their dream, but me, what is this? I had to get off of social media. Like I took a year and a half of just no social media because I needed a break from comparing my life to everybody else. Um, And I think that was the best thing I could have done at that moment because I needed to kind of reevaluate what my understanding of what my place is in this world, of like my understanding of what God's timing is supposed to look like. And I needed to really check myself and remember their timing is their timing. God is able and God is going to answer your prayer. And it might not happen when you want it to, but he certainly will answer your your prayer because he has for everything else. And so kind of, yeah, I've really had to work through that. And I think a lot of us are still working through that and struggle with that because yeah, comparing yourself is dangerous. 
especially when, you know, as soon as you open your phones, Facebook and Instagram are like, bam, look what's happening. This is great. You're missing out. You don't have this. Bam, look at this. This just happened. Like literally every single day this week, I've opened up my Instagram and someone has a brand new baby. And it's not like I want a baby, but it's like, oh, okay. And it's it's funny now because this is one thing I will tell everybody listening that has helped me. So when it comes to dating and like being, feeling some type of way about other people's relationships, I spent time with those people, like in real life. Mm -hmm. And I realized how toxic and not what I want a lot of those relationships were. And once I realized that, I was like, well, shit, Mm -hmm. I'm over here drooling over relationships that I'm seeing that aren't even what I want. So why am I tripping? That would be like saying that you want this Maserati and everyone's got one, but you, you get in the Maserati and you're like, this thing drives like shit. It's horrible on gas. The windows don't roll up. You got to crank things. The the little side view mirror, there's no backup camera. There's not even Bluetooth. It would be pretty much like that. And then you're kind of disappointed, but you're like, all right, well, I guess I'll just wait for the right car, the right thing to come up for me. And that really, really helped me because I saw how many people weren't doing things that I felt were good. They weren't respecting their partner. They weren't really holding space for them. They were treating them. I actually hung out with a friend recently who just got married to her boyfriend. I I knew them years ago and they're super cute and I love them to death, but she still treats him poorly when we're out and she'll like make jokes and digs at him and he'll like smile, but it's always uncomfortable. And I always pause like, really? And I'll check her a lot of the time. She needs to be checked. It's she she's it's so habitual. It just like it's like word vomit just comes out. And I don't like that. And so as much as that couple do premarital counseling. Oh, I can probably uh, say no, but I don't know. Right. I don't know. And I know you cannot go into your marriage thinking like what went what worked when you were dating does not necessarily work when you're married. People think that, oh, well, what's going to change? A whole lot changes. You you must go into a marriage with a clear plan of action for what are the, what are our rules of engagement because this thing is supposed to last forever. And so when you're dating, it's just you're winging it. But when you're getting married, that's not winging it anymore. We need to. This is business now, and we need to go into it with a business plan. And that's what premarital counseling is for. Yeah. And that's absolutely what I would be doing. But, you know, people who don't believe in therapy, period, and don't get therapy on themselves, which is really where I think the issue lies. And a lot of these couples and relationships is, you know, person A should have gotten therapy at the age of 12 or 20 or at any time really would have been fine. And person B also should have had somebody to support him through A, B, C, or D. And because of the dysfunction within their own lives, they bring together a collective dysfunction that they need to work on as well. And a lot of times when you go to therapy, they want you to bring the people closest to you to have like some sort of a group session at some point or so that, you know, you can work on things and and, and stuff like that. And then maybe you do go to an actual couples or marriage therapist that's like licensed in that. But regardless, a lot of people aren't doing anything as far as mental health and learning how to treat their spouse or partner. And I just, I see it and and this is something that really pisses me off, but a lot of people are getting married and engaged and whatever because they feel like they should. Yeah. And again, we talked about this in the beginning and it's kind of circling back now, but it really grinds my gears when I see people getting into relationships that are dysfunctional. They know they're dysfunctional. They know they're not what they want. But they want to be married. could do better, but they want to be married. And I'm like, why? 
Uh-huh. You don't even like this person. And now you're contractually obligated to them for an indefinite period of time until shit hits the fan to where you both don't want to be together anymore, right? Because oh. at some point, you're going to realize that there's the grass is actually greener on the other side. Your grass is burnt, fucked up. There's holes in it. There's like a ditch. There's mud. Like once you realize that the grass actually is greener, like life could be so much better. And that this, we're not guaranteed the next day. So why be somewhere miserable? Once that happens, then people are like, okay, let me wake the hell up. And then they make a decision. And then that's when people get divorced and they start doing the soul searching and the, the 50 year crisis thing, midlife crisis, all that shit happens typically because people didn't listen to their intuition and listen to who was speaking, right? That inner voice, whether it was God speaking to them, the divine, whomever, somebody, maybe it was their own like inner, inner voice saying, Hey, you need to do this. You need to not do that. That's called discernment. And most people discernment is um, a gift and it is a muscle that has to be worked. And if you haven't spent time working on your discernment, you cannot in life, all decisions cannot be based off of emotion marriage and falling in love with somebody and choosing to share your life with someone, it cannot be based off of, oh, I just like this person. I'm so in love because our emotions will lie to us. Like we've all seen that. We've all been in situations where our emotions get the best of us. And so instead you really have to go into relationships. And I think we don't do a good job of teaching young people this just from the offset. Like when you go into relationships, you have to know that This isn't just about feelings and happiness and everything's going to be good and gravy. This is like a spiritual tie to another human being that long after the relationship is over, you'll still have the scars too. So you have to be really thoughtful about who and what you let into your life. And I think that, I know that was something that I've I've said over the years. I wish my mom, she was very old school and she didn't talk about relationships. She didn't talk about dating. My sister and I just knew we weren't allowed to date. So we didn't date in high school. My dad, I don't know if he would have been cool with it or not, but my parents just were old school and didn't talk about it. But I really wish that they would have talked to us about those things because maybe I would have had a better understanding of the spiritual connection and the soul ties that come with um, just joining yourself with someone. I'm not just talking about sexually, but definitely sex, but also just like spending intimate time with someone for an extended period of time. Like you're giving yourself to somebody who may not necessarily deserve to hold that space. Um, so yeah. Um, and Phaedra on sex in the city, you said before, and it made me laugh, how everybody's looking to get married, but maybe they don't want, they think they want to be with the Maserati, but you don't really want to be with the Maserati. I remember Phaedra on Housewives of Atlanta saying years ago to Kenya Moore, everybody wants to, everybody wants to be married who's not married or something like that. And she was really getting at like, yeah, the only people who actually want to be married are the people who haven't been there yet. Half the people who are married are stressed out and unhappy. Um, And I think that's, I don't, I hate to make it, I don't ever want to poo-poo marriage. I love and respect marriage. My parents set a good example for me and my sister. Um, I, I pray daily that God sends somebody into my life um, who is a worthy man to be married to. But I have to say, I would much rather spend the rest of my life being alone than being with someone who I'm not equally yoked with who's disrespectful, who's not going to be a good father. I had a boyfriend when I was 30 who I knew 
the night I met him, I knew we should not be together. Lord knows I knew we should not be together. And for the next year, you know, we had fallen in love. And the whole time I wasn't too sure that we should be together. It was always something sticking in my side. But I was in love. And I remember we had gone through a rough patch and I was talking to my brother-in-law and I just told him, yeah, I just don't know if I want to be with him like long term. And he was like, well, there's an easy way to decide this. If you married him and you two had kids, would you be, and, and then you died, you know, you died tragically. Would you be okay with him raising your children without you here? And I immediately said, F no, no, he can't raise my son. Like the thought of this boyfriend raising my son scared me because I knew his values were that piss poor. While he was great fun and he was nice enough to me, I knew that he would not be a good role model for my future son. And I think that you have to look at relationships like that. If you wouldn't want that person to be the sole influence in your child's life, that's not somebody that you should want to be with. If you wouldn't go into business with that person, if you wouldn't feel comfortable with them having access to your social security number and to your bank accounts, then you do not need to be in a relationship with them because marriage is just like business. It is, it is that serious. And so kind of when you think about it from not the lovey-dovey perspective, but more from the practical, is this like good decision-making and will this like yield good results? Suddenly him being six, three, fine and making six figures doesn't mean anything anymore. That's true. Because Sorry, it's not I was always totally about- long winded. I know, but like <laughs> it's a thing. No, it, it is a thing. And you, you hit on a lot of good points there. Um, one of them for sure. I mean, my parents have been together for a long time too. And you mentioned that you wish they would have told you a little bit about dating. Yeah. And I, I just don't know if, you know, my parents got married right out of kind of high school and, you know, I don't think they really dated and it, dated in the sense like dated a bunch of other people leading yeah. up to their marriage. Um, and I have, and I, I'm, we're not in the same place. We weren't in the same place. And so I think they could give advice when it comes to being in a partnership and what that's all about. And I think they do that in the way that they treat each other all the time. They are teaching and they're where I can learn from them, but no one really teaches you how to date and how to put yourself out there and how to show up, especially when social media is changing so rapidly. So um, that can be challenging, I think, for a lot of people because everyone's so focused on getting married, right? Like yeah. like the quote that you were saying from the Housewives show, like they're so focused on getting married. They're not focused on like making the right decisions about getting married. Yeah, what so, does marriage look like? <laughs> yeah. And even if they have a good example, if you have not done growing up, right, like they had parents together, even if they had that great example or they saw great examples of relationships or people who treated other people well, if they didn't deal with their own like neuroses, Mm -hmm. then getting into any partnership is going to be confrontational or difficult. So I just, I really stress, you know, you've got to find you got to find yourself and you've got to find that place where, like you said, the discernment can come in where you hear your inner voice, you hear spirit, God talking to you and you're able to say, okay, yeah, this is definitely not, this is not the move. This is not the person. This is not the relationship. And then you're able to make a grown up decision to say, no, believe me, if I was trying to get married just to get married, I would have been married with multiple children by now for like, in like 2000, what, 2009, I would have been married. That's 10, almost 10 years. Yeah. No, that's 11 years. Yeah. I can't do math very well. It's like 11 <laughs> years. So I would have been in a relationship for like 11 years. I had two people 
who wanted to get married and who wanted to like one guy, he treated me. I don't think anyone has ever treated me like as amazing as he has. And, but I wasn't really like into him like that, but he loved me. And I totally could have been like, yes, this guy loves the shit out of me. He's going to do everything for me. He's going to like, you know, help me get a house and we're going to do this thing together. We're going to go and like, he was down to do whatever. And then the other guy, you know, we had a promise ring. We lived together. It was going to be a thing. But then I realized that he was kind of a shitty person Mm. and it wasn't going to work. And I'm so glad it didn't happen. Even though my mom was so sad because she really liked him. It wasn't going to happen. And she doesn't know the details of, you know, people love to tell you, oh, but I loved your ex. But you don't know the deep, the intimate details of the relationship. It's like, you know what I've told you, but you don't know. And so I feel like people also have to be super careful about don't, you know, once we've broken up, we've broken up. Stop talking about how much you love my ex. My ex is dead, gone, and buried. Go ahead and let it go. Yeah. And luckily she didn't do that. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But she, she, you know, you could tell she was disappointed. And I think one of the she reasons why she liked him you. so much. Yeah, she wants the best for me. But also he was way better than the guy that I dated right before him. So she was just like, <laughs> thank you, Jesus, that this is not the same guy. Right? They were complete night and day. Um, and he was a great person, I think, at the time, or at least he put on that show. But we weren't meant to be together. And once you know that and you feel that, you're able to make that discernment right, yeah, and make that yeah. decision to move into a better place place and to and go down a better path. So there is definitely hope. And I think, you know, when you surround yourself with good people and you surround yourself with dysfunctional relationships, which is not too difficult to do because we all know people in dysfunctional relationships, it shows you, it keeps you grounded. It shows you the reality of life and that a lot of what glitters isn't always gold. You're going to see a lot of engagement rings. You're going to see a lot of bling bling at these weddings, but let me tell you something. If that relationship isn't working long-term, it's because they didn't do the work and they weren't really meant to be together or they didn't decide that they were going to put in the work when shit got hard or when things got difficult later. And and this is in this, like there's so many reasons why relationships don't work, but you, and you can't, it's hard to judge from the outside and we really shouldn't. But when you see that, I think it's a reminder to take care of you and to focus on what you want and what your non-negotiables are and how you want to be treated. And that's what I've learned that we get from dating. And when we're dating, we start to learn, wow, that actually really is kind of annoying. And I don't like that. Or you know what? I can't do smoking and I can't do this and I can't do vegans and I can't do people who don't <laughs> wash their hands. <laughs> and like, you just realize this is just not my jam. And then once you figure that out, you're, you're more equipped, you're better equipped And you have more tools in your toolbox to make that better decision and to go at it from a mature place. And I just, I really, really, really stress that inner work more so than the outer Instagram shit, like the outer looks of let's take pictures, let's do this, let's do that. And it's exhausting to me to see how many people so fixated on the wrong things. Just like I'm sure with the health industry, right? Going back to that gym analogy of the yo-yo dieting, a lot of people are focused on getting to that thigh gap or getting to size two or looking like Alicia Keys or whomever. And they're not worried about being healthy. Yeah. And it's like, but those people are struggling too. We were watching, um, I guess Biggest Loser is back and it's causing all this drama on the internet. But you know, one of the trainers, I saw the first episode, one of the trainers- The guy who had um, the heart attack. Yes, Bob Harper, yeah. he's, he's the host. Yeah. He's the host. But the other trainer, there's this really cute white guy. Yeah. He's the trainer, one of the like personal trainer, runner guy peoples. And he was on all these magazines doing all these things. And he had like a binge eating issue. And I'm like, oh, this man is on multiple muscle like website um, 
magazines and just, he does all this bodybuilding shit and he's, his body was crazy. And then you hear him say, you know, I would, I would toy with food. I would not eat for certain things and for certain photo shoots and whatever. And then I would just binge eat for days and, you know, then get back on it because he knew how to work his body, but he was destroying it. And he was horribly eating. And this is behind closed doors. You don't know this is happening. So, you know, a lot of that, right. What glitters isn't gold happens in a lot of industries. So I think, um, you know, we have to be very, very careful. So I'm curious when it comes to DC dating and when it comes to dating in general, what, now that you're off of hinge, what is your plan? Like, did you think about when you got off hinge, what were your, what were some of your first thoughts? Yeah. (laughs) Well, I'll tell you, I've been, um, I guess for the past, I guess it was back in like August, I had um, gotten online um, and I had met like a few people and I had like been really busy for a few weeks with dates. And every single date I went on, I had had like, um, it was like every other day for a week I had a date. And so I was hot and every date was really bad. Like they were first encounters that were like glaringly obvious, like, this is not a person that you need to engage in with anymore. And so I had gotten off and I had said really for these last months, like, Ashley, like you've been doing online dating since you were like 30 and it has not yielded good results. Like maybe you just need to not do that anymore. And so pretty much me getting on hinge, you know, this past couple of days was one of those moments of like emotional desperation where I was like, well, Ashley, no one's going to just come and knock on your door. Like you have to put yourself out there. Like all these other people, you know, have met someone and they found somebody like give it one last try. And the fact that it took me what, three days to be on and to get off It confirmed what I had known for these last few months since the summer, which is I need to just go ahead and like be patient and sit back. And I know that that is the hardest thing to do, particularly when you are getting to an age where you're feeling antsy about kids and all of that. But I really think that this is God testing me um, and testing me to trust him and to believe that nah, this is going to have to be something that he takes full control of so that he gets full credit and all the glory for. And I know like that will not resonate with everybody. If, you know, if you're not like a believing, you know, faithful person that might not mean much, but I think that people who are believers will tech will definitely get it. Like I, in 2019 got blessed with, um, a couple of opportunities that were things that I had been praying on for years. And when I say years, I mean like over a decade. And the fact that God opened those doors and opened them, one of them was getting a new job. I had been in the federal government, miserable in a job for years. And I had been praying and writing in my prayer journal and waiting for God to answer that prayer. And I randomly applied to a job while I watched The Housewives one night and actually got a call, had a few interviews and within two weeks had a new job. It was all God that did that. And so I have to believe that if God could like pull me out of like a really negative work situation after all those years so seamlessly, he could also pull me out of the single uh, season of life just as seamlessly and pull me into the arms of a worthy man who will be God-fearing and who will not be a jerk who mistreats me. And so right now, answering your question, I know that's like the long kind of roundabout way to say it, but like 
getting off a hinge this morning was just full confirmation that like, no, I need to go ahead and let God does what he does, let God do what he does best. And what God can do best is answer prayers when we stop trying to interfere. And so my job needs to be to be on my knees every single day, praying for the man that I know God has for me and being patient and knowing that he's going to bring that person into my life. So as hard as it is, and there will totally be more times, I'm sure, of me being like, maybe I should just get on an app or maybe I should just meet somebody and go out. I'm not, I'm really going to try hard to not do what is easy and what is like what I'm used to. Um, and instead just be on my knees praying because to find love is a miraculous gift and blessing. And so I need to focus on the miraculous. Um, and that needs to be me focusing on God right now. (laughs) There you go. I mean, I, I've, I've definitely had times where you kind of have to check yourself and say, is this in alignment with where I'm at right now with how I feel, with how I want to feel, with how I want to spend my time. Um, it can be exhausting being online. I mean, I, exactly. I've i been doing it for many years. I did it before. A lot of people were okay with doing it. I'm such like a, a curious, like extroverted kind of a person that when I see opportunities like this, it was just like, oh, this is great. It's another way to meet people. And I'm traveling and I'm always on the go. Like, this would be great. Um, and, it, it, and it was great. I have so many great memories. I've met a lot of people, but you know, you have to sit back sometimes and wonder like, is this the thing that I'm supposed to be doing? So I'm glad that you had that reflection and you're like, you know what, this is something, and you know what you're supposed to be doing. You know what you should be focusing on and how you should be focusing on those things. And that eventually when the time is right, you'll, it'll happen. And I used to get so annoyed when people would say, Oh, well, when you're least expecting it, he'll just show up. And I'd be like, "Mm, go screw yourself. It's (laughs) It's so is, but I think a lot of times when we release that attachment to something, it gives more space for it to happen. Yeah. And, you know, I do a lot of like reading on different types of religion and different types of modalities for, um, stress relief and just mindfulness and stuff like that. And a lot of like Buddhist people talk, talk about detachment and non-attachment and being able to want something and detach from it. And they've studied people who meditate. And, you know, when you get really hyper-focused on something happening as a meditator, it doesn't, or as a non-meditator, it doesn't, it, it feels more intense than it actually is, right? Yeah. the anticipation of something feels more intense than it is until it happens. And yeah. then it's even more intense. Whereas people who are able to tune in better to themselves don't have such this heightened, you know, drama and excitement and like all over the place. Their, their brains aren't going all over the map. And that study, it was a study. If you're on Netflix, there's, um, it's called the mind explained and they have a whole episode on mindfulness and that, I mean, they've done studies on all kinds of monks and just like different types of Buddhist and, um, I don't know. I think they're mostly Buddhist monks and different in different parts of the world. And I just think it's super fascinating how you can control a lot of how you deal with things, listening to that discernment, however you choose to do it. But you know, stress is a common killer and it's one of the top ones. And we have to learn how to stop stressing about some of the small stuff. And to be honest, a lot of these dudes are part of that circle of the small stuff. And a lot of the drama that we deal with with some of these guys, we can mitigate and, focus on other things and, and deal with them better. And that's something that I wish that I saw more of, um, is people 
teaching and, and talking about experiences where they were able to move past a big hurdle with themselves as it pertained to relationships. Mm. I've seen women with issues around confidence, women with in- issues around trust and insecurities deal with you know these huge hurdles and be able to move past them because they were able to tune into themselves, slow down a little bit, calm down a little bit, and then find help right? Whether that's praying, whether that's journaling, whether that's getting a therapist, whether that's talking to your friends and venting it out, whether that's being honest with yourself, whether that's taking care of a plant, something besides yourself to show you that, you know, you can be responsible and you can be nurturing to something outside of yourself. There's so many things that you can do, or you could just do all of them, right? Get a therapist, pray, write in your journal, talk to friends. I mean, you could do all kinds of stuff. Any sort of combination works, but, but you, you have, have to, to find what works for you. Effort. Yeah. That's, I think the challenge for people is that a lot of people don't put forth that effort, um, mm-hmm. to even do that kind of introspection and self-exploration. Um, and that's what we have to get to, right? Because even before in, I think you, you hinted at this earlier, before you even get into relationships and focus on all this, like, let me get a man, let me get a woman, you got to do the work for yourself. And you have to be good with yourself before you bring somebody else into your stuff. Um, and most people are not equipped with the tools to do that. They either have been discouraged to get therapy or they're unwilling to really confront their issues. And so I think that's something that we all like owe to ourselves. Like, you need to be happy and like be whole before you go out there and try to bring somebody else up into your chaos because hurt people hurt people. Right. Yes, they do. And I laugh because it's a song. My mom plays way too much. She's got like this playlist on Spotify of like 25 songs and she just plays them on a loop every single day, all day. (laughs) So whenever you get in the car, it's like one of 25 songs. And one of them is called Hurt People, Hurt People. And Mm. I hate it so much. (laughs) But it's because she plays it on a loop. But it's so true. And unfortunately, yeah, people don't want to put in the effort. But you know what? When somebody has you brokenhearted in your bathroom floor, or, you know, depressed Mm -hmm. on the couch, not going, when, when you hit that rock bottom, when you hit the wall too hard one time, that's when I think that happens. Sometimes, you know, we're hardheaded. We don't listen to our mom. We don't listen to our neighbor. We don't listen to so-and-so guru on the internet. We just got to do it ourselves. And when we do, and when we fall, and when we break some shit, including our heart, then we start to say, okay, maybe we should take a different approach. Maybe we should. Just like you were disappointed for four days, right? (laughs) You were disappointed. And at the end of that, you're like, you know what? Nope. I'm checking out. Check, please. Let's, let's, let's move on. Online dating I have found, it makes me feel, um, it's a trigger for me. And so it makes me feel even more hopeless about meeting someone because it's like, you're getting all of this quantity, but you're not necessarily getting quality. And so it's, it's, it's not a good feeling to be like, there are endless options. They're just all bad. Cause it makes you also feel like, or at least it makes me feel like, well, then what's wrong with me that I can't seem to connect with any of these people? And I'm just done with like whatever that vibe is that comes from online dating. I'm done with that. I do think that it serves a purpose. I think there are a lot of people who um, can find love. I know a lot of people who found their spouses um, and or partners online and they're happy and they're blessed and it's all good and gravy. Um, but everybody has a different path. And so online may not be what works for me. Um, who knows how it will be. Um, but you know, you just have to kind of hope and pray, um, 
that, you know, the things you want in life will come and that you get surprised in the process and hopefully grow. One thing I can say is that this whole single girl dating experience has taught me a lot about myself. And so, yeah, I didn't get married young and I didn't have kids young, um, but I got lucky to learn a lot of lessons that I think will make me a really great partner and perhaps mother um, to, to people when the time comes. And yes. that's a blessing, right? That's, that's a gift in itself that those, those lessons that I had to learn will now allow me to pour into other people. And that's the whole idea of Black Girl Single. What am I talking about? A man and kids. The whole idea of Black Girl Single was to tell my story so that by telling my crazy butt story and dating in D.C., that hopefully I could pour into other people and make other women feel not alone and make other women feel like, you know what, maybe there's a different way to approach this. Absolutely. And I think you definitely hit the nail on the head there. That was perfect. The way that you said that is that all the experiences that you've had and the things that you've had to go through and the things that you've learned and the hiccups and the road bumps and the speed bumps and the roadblocks, all of that have contributed to you being a much better person. I can't imagine me trying to get married at 20, like my mom did. No. I, I know she knew what she wanted yeah. and she knew she was going to get it. And she was very determined and that shit happened for her. She manifested her dream. She is a phenomenal mom and she wanted to be a mom. She wanted to have a family. She wanted to raise kids and like have that. And she loves doing all the mom things, the everything super crafty, like amazing. Right. Yeah. That was her thing. That was her calling. But I don't think that's the way it was supposed to work for me. And everything that's happened so far has spoken to that. And has spoken to that there's something bigger, there's something else. And I think that is what helps drive me. And um, it's just so powerful. So I'm, I'm really glad that you said that. And I'm glad that that's your perspective. I'm glad that you know what your triggers are and that you're able to say, nope, enough is enough. And I'm going to focus on something positive for myself that makes me feel good. Because I can guarantee you when you are praying or when you're writing in your journal, um, you feel good. Oh, yeah. Because oh, it yeah. feels good to do that. It feels much better and more alignment to do that than it does to constantly deal with these dudes on these apps, going back and forth, dealing with the drama, trying to figure out if this person is real or a catfish. Mm-hmm. Like, that shit is tiring. It's so exactly. tiring. And I wonder... I wonder what men's experiences are with online because I, I, I'm, I'm always really careful to assume that like, man, so many of these dudes are trash or like there aren't any good men out here anymore because there, there have to be, I'm sure there are good men out here, even though Chris Rock said, um, yeah, there are good men out here. We're just all ugly. Like, it's like, I know that like, and I don't know. Yeah, maybe that might be true. They might not all be like the hot guy we wanted when we were 25. But like, I think that there are still good guys out here. And I wonder what their experience is with online dating, because for them, I think as a woman, I'm like, but you've got so many options. Um, but then I've had guys tell me, yeah, but all these girls, you know, they want you to take them out and spend all this money. And I'm curious just about like kind of what a single guy in his 30s feels like he's facing as he's online dating. Um, And maybe we might find that like, yeah, their experiences aren't that different from ours. I don't know. Um, But that might be something worth exploring in the future because I never want to tell just the one-sided story of, oh, what was me as a Black woman and Black men are the reason for all of my issues. Black men are in pain too. Black men are struggling too. And I think a lot of the reasons why we deal with the BS that we deal with with some of them is because of their pain and because of the fact that they have not addressed their pain. So Mm -hmm. there's definitely more to dig into with that. Yeah. And we could totally do 
some sort of a panel and come up with some questions that we ask. And it would be, I don't know if it would be like a hot seat or if it would just be, we could just have some questions. That could be a really fun episode. So I, I know some people, um, and then you may know probably a lot more people in the DC area that would be down to do something like that and to have sort of like a, uh, like a conversation or a group sort of session where we address some of these issues because I've, I've been on dates and I've asked, you know, what's, what's the deal? Like, how is this for you? I feel like you guys have got really the better card here. Um, but in reality, like they are, they're dealing with the same, a lot of the same issues, right? A lot of people don't like A, B, and C and, you know, they don't like having dating women with kids. I've met a lot of guys who aren't interested in that. Oh, please. A lot of people don't want to date women that are ambitious. Who- I had an ex who had a child and told me he didn't want to date women with kids. Oh, yeah. Oh, How yeah, of course. in the world does that work? Because <laughs> yeah, he knows. Sorry. He knows. <laughs> when you got to do with somebody else, especially when you're, you're crazy and you already know, yeah. um, you know, you don't want to deal with that, too. That's double the trouble. Yeah. And I get it. I get it 100%. People don't like what they don't like, and yeah. that's fine but to hear like you said the perspective of somebody else kind of dealing in to online dating and just being 30 something and the pressure because you said in the beginning that you kind of like raise an eyebrow when somebody is and they're thirty mid to late 30s and they haven't been married or they haven't oh, man. been yeah blah 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 um you know i'm sure they feel the same way or they feel something similar too oh, about that towards themselves because yeah. you know people are like well honey girl your your clock is ticking and the other thing that i wanted to say about that is one of my good friends she's actually kind of from the she's from michigan but she lived in dc for a long time and that's where i met her but she was an OBGYN in dc mm-hmm. at one of the major fancy hospitals out there and she told me that the average age of her mothers that are giving birth is 37. Mm. That's the average age. And I didn't believe her for a long time. I was like, damn, that's really high. But she's in the city, right, where women are advancing and doing their thing and following their dreams. They're climbing the corporate ladder. And they're not. They're having their first kid a lot of times at the range of 37. So some of them are a little younger and some of them are a little older. And when I heard that, it really – and this was years ago. This had to have been like circa 2004 now. 2012, 2012, 2011, she told me this because I was right before I moved to San Diego. And when she told me that, it gave me a lot of peace. Yeah. Because when I heard that, I was like, you know what? And she actually got married way later. And I actually went to her wedding in Monterey, California in 2018 in the fall. And it was phenomenal. Her wedding was beautiful. She looked like a princess. It was one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen, like the place we were at. But she was a lot older, right? I don't know if she's 40 now. I can't remember exactly how old she is, but she's a lot older and she had her eggs frozen Mm -hmm. and there's a lot of different things. So I'm very curious, you know, when you're getting married, there's different pros and cons to getting married young, to getting married later, to having kids young, to having kids later, all the stuff in between. So I think really what you said hit the nail on the head and you know, you have to enjoy where you're at and figure out how to get through it and stay sane, right? And not and not lose it. That's yeah. that's kind of the goal. Because in the end, no matter when it all happens or if it doesn't happen, whatever, it doesn't matter because nope. you will be exactly where you were supposed to be. Um, I agree. You know, I you're agree. exactly where you're supposed to be in this moment. And if you can embrace that, then you can find some yes. happiness. Yes, I love that. I'm so glad you said that too. Yeah. It's true. It's true. So we yeah, we I think we hopefully gave people who are listening some insight. We shared some of our our, our rough patches 
some of our grievances. And we also shared some of our insightful sort of inspirational things as well that kind of keep us going. I think that's important to hear because everybody's always like, oh, well, just like live your best life and put yourself out there and blah, blah, blah. But it's like, okay, but like, how can I actually implement that? What can I do when I'm ready to throw my phone in the trash because Mm -hmm. online dating is annoying? Like, what do I do then? Right. What do I do when I've met the 14th guy of the month who's lied to me or who wasn't who I thought they were going to be? Or what do I do when this happens? Hopefully this has given you some insight that it happens to everybody and that for the most part, and that you'll be okay. Like you'll be able to pick up yourself, pick up the pieces of your whatever, right? Your heart. Sometimes it's your ego. Sometimes it's your feelings, whatever. And you can move on and you can find the good and keep it moving because the right guy is out there. The right girl is out there. You just have to, you know, you really do have to be patient with yourself and with them and with the universe, with God, with the plans, with the stars, with the moons, you, you just really got to be patient because if you rush this shit, it's, it's a bad move. Yeah. And we can all, I think we can all agree on that. Yes. Most of us. Well said. Well, so said. I think we should do a panel and I'll, we'll talk about that more later. If you guys are interested in hearing us do a panel where we have some guys come online and, um, or we do it in person or something, that would be really fun. Um, that would be really, really cool to do a panel or something where we can bring someone on and get their 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 opinion, their feedback, just like what it's been like. So we can have that balanced conversation one day. Um, let us know. Send me an email over at Whitney at WhitneyDanielle.com. And if you disagreed with something, if you're just like, girl, why did you say that? Um, also feel free to hit us up on social media. My handles, I've got two. I've got the podcast as a show or the show has a podcast at Network and Spill, and it's all spelled out. And then I have Whitney Danielle Coaching, which is the one that I check probably the most frequent throughout the day. Hit me up on either. Send a screenshot of you listening or of like your screen and tag me. Let me know that you're listening. I will definitely share that out. Um, and if you found something valuable in this episode, definitely leave a review on Apple Podcasts. And if you don't have an iPhone, you always know what I say. Borrow somebody's phone who does open up the podcast app, find the show and leave a review. And you can say something cute in the comments, like, I don't know, hashtag single life or something fun. So I know that it's you and I'll absolutely give you a shout out. And I still will be doing like freebies and different giveaways for people who leave reviews because I love that shit. And, um, it's just fun. But Ashley, I've got one final question for you. Yes. Um, you didn't prepare for this. This will be fun, but I want to know what is your favorite episode or moment? Of Sex in the City. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, well, you know what? Oh, I do know what it is. What am I talking about? My favorite moment of Sex in the City is in the final episode. It's part one of the series finale. When okay. Big comes, it's the night that Carrie is about to leave for Paris and she's about to go meet the girls for a final dinner. And Big mm-hmm. comes to her ha- house and he's outside. She hasn't been answering his calls. And he's like, oh, I'm so sorry. And like, he wants to work things out. And finally, after all those years, she just has her moment to tell her, no, tell him, no, like, I'm done. You don't get to swoop in here and ruin my life again. I'm done with you. And I just feel like that is such a scene of like empowerment. She takes charge of her life. She does not let him, she has boundaries and she sets them very clearly and it's it's just it's Carrie's best moment and throughout the entire series. Yes, I love that. Aww, I think my favorite is probably that episode too. But it was the part two oh, where he actually, yeah, where he goes <laughs> and gets her, and then she's but it was because of the dress. 
Oh. When she was sitting there in that beautiful yes. purple dress. It was gorgeous. I, I still dream about that dress because <laughs> it was just, it was insane. And she said something to the Russian. She was like, that. you know, the quote where she's like, I'm looking for you know, can't live without mm-hmm. you, you know, need each other, love, like, cause she wanted some passion and this man's had like zero. And I loved that part. So we oh liked basically the same episode, yeah. but just two very different moments. It brought everything um, together. It brought the whole yes. story together. Yes. Okay. I love that. All right. So thank you for answering that. So people can find you on Instagram at official blackgirlsingle.tv. So if you're on Instagram, obviously open that up real quick. Make sure you add Ashley, send her a note, tag her um, when you're listening or just tag her in general and let us know what you think. If you're in the DC area, let us know. Make sure you shout us out somewhere, whether it's in the review section, whether it's on Instagram, on your IG stories, like it doesn't matter. Um, I think, I'm pretty sure Ashley said she was on Facebook too over at Black Girl Single TV, right? TV. And also I tell people always, also, if you just want to see the the series or if you want to learn more about the series, you can go to blackgirlsingle.com. And blackgirlsingle.com has all of the episodes. It has, like, the full story. It has everything on there, too. So I always tell people, blackgirlsingle.com or Instagram, you'll totally find me. Yes, and take the time to watch all the episodes um, and let us know what your favorite moments are. Um, what we'll do is I'll actually share my favorite moment from Black Girl Single on our IG Live when we go live on IG. So you guys know, typically after the episode airs, we'll do a little Q&A or just a little Hey Girl Hey over on Instagram on IG Live. It's super fun, very casual. If you have questions, you can bring them. If you have comments or whatever, you can bring them. But watch the series. It won't take you that long, but spend some time over the next couple of days. Watch a couple episodes episodes um, when you're supposed to be doing things that like you don't want to do. And then come to the IG Live and check us out in person, like live and in color. I love doing the IG lives. I know you haven't done one in a while or ever, Ashley, but it's fun. Yes. We're going to have fun. I'm excited. It's fun. fun. Okay. All right, guys, Ashley, is there anything else I missed or that you wanted to mention? No, everybody have fun. It's Valentine's day. Enjoy your girls. If you got a boo, enjoy him too. And yeah, just live your best life. Yes. Live your best life. And you know what, Ashley, I have a secret. What? So I'm actually, I've been dating somebody who I met on Tinder since like September. Hello. So hello. we're hitting like month four or five. So I'll let you know how like Valentine's Day goes. Yes, but yes. This is like a test. This is like a big moment. I'm like, I wonder how this is going to go down. I'm very curious. I'm very, so fingers crossed, guys. Fingers That's crossed my point. and prayers Fingers up. crossed. Yes. yes. Every time yes. a black girl finds love, an angel gets its wings. So <laughs> <laughs> I am always down for new love. <laughs> Yeah, let's let's see what happens. I'll report back. Don't worry, I'll report back. But I did want to say that because I never I if you had said, Whitney, you're gonna meet some guy on Tinder and it's gonna be fun, I would have been like, okay. Sure, Jan, I would have not believed you. But um yeah, I'm excited. Well we'll see what happens. But yes, enjoy Valentine's Day. I'm gonna go drink some wine and I think we should probably drink something on the IG Live. So Hello. bring your favorite beverage to the IG live. We'll report the time and the dates on IG before it happens. So stay tuned for that. If you have any questions, concerns, grievances, like you want to share some love, you know where to find us. All of this information is in the show notes, the website, our IG pages, the Facebook pages, all of that is in the show notes. So go open the show notes. You'll find all the links. If you have any questions, let us know. And uh, we'll talk to you next time. Thank you so much, Ashley. Thank you. All right, guys. Cheers. Cheers.